Hello, 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 and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I got my man Ghost here with me, and we are talking Rookie of the Year and MVP odds. We are Win Daily Sports. We are here to help you win money, whether that's fantasy sports, whether that's betting, whether that's trading cards, whether that's stock picking. We're here to help you create a profit center through the thing that you love most, which is sports. I got my man ghost here with me. He is the head of our NBA train that is rolling right along the tracks that we are here to help you with ghost man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. It's uh, it's a nice night here in Montreal in Canada. It's uh, snow is coming down, but it's not too cold. So Good. everything's doing well. Well, hey, man, as long as you're happy with it, I think we had some stupid sleet or something here today in New Jersey. So I'm I'm over it already. Uh, give me give me spring. Give me summer. Give me back to normal <laughs> life. But before then, we do have some NBA. We've already seen some preseason games start. So we are very excited and it's going to be a weird year, right? I mean, we just had the finals only a couple days ago, it feels like just end. And now we're starting to get these real live NBA games again. Some teams haven't played in what feels like nine to ten months. Other teams only stopped playing a couple days ago. So it's a really weird year. It's really wacky, but we're here for it. We're here to help, and we're here to, again, help you make some money. So if you can, make sure to follow us at Windaily Sports on Twitter. Make sure to follow us at Windaily on Instagram, at under- DFS underscore ghost, at Michael Brazil one or a couple other good follows. And if you want to hang out with us in our expert chat, which is our instant messenger chat where we help you win money on sports, make sure to go to windailysports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in that bad boy. So, Ghostman, let's talk about it. Let's start with MVP first, because obviously that's that's the cream of the crap. That's the king of the king. That's the fun stuff. I was looking up the odds today, and some obvious names up top. Obviously, we have Giannis up there at plus 450. Um, but then it, it gets weird. It it's immediately gets weird right off the bat. So, the odds-on favorite to win the MVP this year is none other than Luka Doncic at plus 400. Talk to me. I mean, is that? I mean, we know he's a superstar. He's already a superstar. It's absolutely incredible. We saw what he did in the bubble and and what he was doing already last year. But the odds-on favorite to win the MVP—that seems like a little much, don't you think? I don't know. I mean, uh, you're you're gonna have Kristaps that's gonna be out for you know early on in the season, and that's where Luca could kind of do his thing and pretty much drop a triple double almost every single night. Especially if the not not if when when he leads them to a playoff seed, that's when. Um, Win, winning games is, is is all that it's about, right? Like you, you could have the best stats in the league, but if, if you end up being a 10 seed, your your, your MVP stock takes a massive hit, right? So um, to be the odds on favorite at plus 400, I, I feel like, you know, like I'm, I'm I'm always a LeBron truther in the sense that LeBron should be MVP every yes. season, in my opinion, um, similar to what Patrick Mahomes is pretty much right now in the NFL, albeit, you know, 15 years less into his career, but still LeBron is the best player in the world, arguably the best player of all time. And, he's the MVP every single season, no matter what the debate is. So, but you just, you, you kind of get into that conversation where it's like, man, you, you can't give it to LeBron every single year. Obviously we're not out here voting for the awards just yet. I mean, maybe one day we'll get there, but um, you know, I'm sure from a voter standpoint, it's kind of, you know, nonchalant to just say, Hey, I'm going to put LeBron first every single year. It's something that I would have no trouble doing. Uh, LeBron should be the odds on favor, but putting Luca up there at plus 400 is it, it, if we put LeBron aside, is it is kind of throwing some shade at you know Giannis winning back to back MVPs. Milwaukee essentially has the same roster in my opinion. They didn't get all that much better. I mean, yes, they added Drew Holiday, but you know what? Giannis is still gonna have to carry them to that one seat if they mm-hmm. if they want to beat out Brooklyn, if they want to beat my Raptors out, if they want to beat Boston, if they want to beat Miami, if they want to beat all these teams. Giannis is still gonna go out there and have to do his thing, pretty much leading the league in points and rebounds. So um, to to not see Giannis up there at number one is pretty shocking, but. Luca's already a top five player in the league, in my opinion. So uh, I'm 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 here for it. I'm all for it. But the shade being thrown at Giannis there, uh, coming off back to backs and essentially coming back with pretty much the same roster. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me because you already said it, right? The MVP we kind of know is best player on the best team, and it's just that's just kind of how it is in the NBA. It's it's not quite like that in the NFL. It's just the best quarterback in the NFL. We know that. And then in the MLB, I mean, who the hell cares? So, I mean, it, it just never really made any sense to me. Like, we know kind of pretty confident, at least we know the Mavs are not going to be a one seed. I would suffice to say the Mavs aren't going to be a top four seed in the West. 
So to unless he had that Russell Westbrook like triple double year where he went absolutely bonkers and would they end up as a five or a six seed, if I'm not mistaken, where he just did literally everything, which is possible. I just don't see the the him a winning, but also B, there's no value there. Why would I want to put my money on Luca at plus four hundred? When I can get Giannis at plus 450, there's there's better odds and really a better chance that he wins. I can make more money that way. Well, that's exactly it. Like when like similar to what you and Sia end up doing on on the golf betting outrights, right? It's it and, and that's a that's a four-day tournament, let alone an NBA season. That's that's gonna be 72 games, right? So like to be able to end up betting guys like Rory McElroy or Bryson DeChambeau every single tournament, I mean, sure you'll hit a couple, but there's no value there. You know, t- exactly. taking the odds on favorite at plus four hundred, you you gotta make sure that this guy's the MVP. 70 in, in a 72 game season you're not betting on him to you know end up being like something non-quantifiable like is he going to be the best player in basketball is he going to drop x amount of points like you're betting on the guy being an mvp in a slightly shortened season when all these other players that in our opinion should be heavier favorites than him like to me it's like the opposite of value if if, if Giannis was sitting there at plus 400 and you're like okay is he going to three-peat lucas sitting there at you know plus 700 plus 800 is this his year like does he really end up taking over the league you know trey young same draft class or is, is this the time that these guys really show out no instead you're you're going opposite by taking the value of a guy that should be the odds on favorite so to me it's like can luca win mvp i i, I think you can make the argument for yes i'm, I'm definitely on team luca i like i said I, I definitely think that he's already a top five player in the league but betting a favorite is something that i definitely don't like to do when considering futures bets let alone somebody that's not Giannis Antetokounmpo mm-hmm. for MVP of the NBA yeah, at this point. And, and just for all of our friends out there that are not super familiar with betting terms. So plus 400 means if you put a hundred dollars down and you win the bet, you would then win $400. So if you put a hundred dollars on Luca, you would win 400. If you put a hundred dollars on Giannis, you'd win 450. I do want to go through some of these other bets though, because when we get to the plus 10,000 range, meaning if you put a hundred down, you win 10,000. That's where it starts to get a little bit more interesting. So we'll kind of make our way down. Stop me where you kind of hear something interesting. And, and really, I do want to kind of go over these top few because I think it's the most important. So as I said, Luca is the odds on favorite to win the MVP, which something. Yes, I do agree. He's a top five player, but even if he's the best player, he's not going to be the best player on the best team. So I find it very hard to believe that he's going to win. Giannis at plus 450. Can he three-peat? I mean, yeah, why not at this point? Like unless you hold his playoff record against him. You really can't say that there's not an opportunity. Dude's incredible defensively, as you said, rebounding offensively. He does it all. Steph comes in third at plus 800. We're also using the odds over from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Appreciate the heck out of them. Steph at plus 800. So again, what we're saying here, what what Vegas is telling us is they think that Steph has the third best opportunity to win. You put $100 down, you win 800, which is solid, but it's not crazy. Do you think that Steph again is going to be on the best player on the best team though, because with Clay Thompson down, it makes it real difficult for him to do everything he needs to do. How do you feel about it? Ghost people forget how good Steph Curry is. I think he's incredible. Like it's like, it, it, it it's like the guy misses one season and now all of a sudden, not only is the Warriors dynasty dead, but it's, you know, we're talking about Luca. We're talking about Trey. We're talking about Giannis. Obviously we're talking about Braun. We're talking about all these guys. And people forget just how dominant Steph Curry is. Like, like people make the conversation like, oh, LeBron James could possibly be the best player of all time. You know, some, some people say yes, some people say no. And then the arguments get pretty heated. You could have the exact same debate with Steph Curry saying that he is arguably the best shooter of all time. Oh, I don't even think it's a debate. I think it's like, all, uh, he, best shooter. Yeah, but some, I think he, he, he hooked that up. It's done. It's gone. It's over. But, he, but, but, but for some people, it's, some, some people, it's Ray Allen, you know, like, no, so, I'm great. No, it's not. I'm, Tell me I'm Reggie Miller here. next. No, it's not Reggie Miller either. It's Steph Curry. Hey, We're all very on board I'm, with it. It's fine. I'm Team Steph. I'm Team Steph. Me too. I like to cover my bases <laughs> and not on my flag anywhere while we're on live air like that because then the oh. comments are going to get too heated and the show gets distracted for an hour. Comment, comment section. Comment. Come, at me. Come <laughs> at me, comment section. No. Let's go. We're here for it. Like, like people forget just how dominant this guy is. Bro, he's launching bombs 50 feet out. Like it's how you, he he is a player. Like when 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 people are talking about unguardable players, and they're talking about Luca dropping triple doubles, you're talking about you can't guard LeBron James. You're talking about how do you guard Giannis when he's driving the hoop? How do you guard Steph Curry? People forget just how good Steph Curry is. Just like when we're talking about James Harden trade, people are like, oh, you can't give up everything for James Harden. People forget just how good James Harden yeah. is. He's a averaging over 
He over 30 points in the past three seasons. He is arguably the best offensive player that I've at least seen during my time while watching basketball in the past 10 years. He is arguably the best offensive player that we, we've seen. And people are forgetting it that when we're talking about his trade value. I feel like it's the exact same in the sense that Steph at, at plus 800 or plus 850, I've even seen it at plus 1,000 on some books. If Klay Thompson was on that team, it wouldn't surprise me to see Steph Curry being plus 500 or actually lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then people would say, okay, Steph will put up likely relatively the same amount of numbers, you know, probably a bit less points per game, maybe a little bit more assists, maybe a bit less turnovers, et cetera, because Clay's going to be dropping shots, mm-hmm. all, all, all that kind of stuff which comes with playing with another superstar. But getting like arguably the most unguardable player in the NBA just a season ago, people forget just how dominant Steph Curry is. And, and I really think that, you know, knock on wood when I say this, barring like an injury where they pretty much shut him down for the season, Warriors are going to make waves. I, I I already took the Warriors over on their on their season game total, uh, win, win total, excuse me. It, it, it was so low on some books. Some people had it as low as 45. Like this is a team that won 73 games in a season. It's not though. That's not, it's not the same. But team, it though. is. The, but the, the mean, team is Steph Curry. People forget that. Like, I mean, Clay yes, Thompson okay. is incredible, dude. He's, okay, he's but the he's, second best shooter of all time. You can't just okay. And he is, but then you can't just take him away and say it's the same team. No, I mean, no, you're I losing know. a no, lot. No, no. I I know you're losing a lot on the court, but I'm talking purely statistics and wins right now. Yes, could they win a championship? I still think they could win a championship. It's definitely a lot harder without Clay Thompson on the court, especially on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Because now Draymond has to shoulder a lot more. Andrew Wiggins actually has to play defense. Yeah. And you don't know where you're getting at. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. You're not, yeah. Made that, that's why they brought in Kelly Uber. But anyways, like now you don't really know where you're getting out of James Wiseman either. But when we're talking purely offensively, it would not. It, I, I wouldn't even blink to think twice and say Steph Curry could average 30 plus this season. Oh, yeah. And, I would and, not be surprised and, by that. And, and when he leads them to a playoff berth, now we're talking similarly to just like when you said early in the show, there's no way the Mavs get the number one seed. Well, if Steph is putting up higher numbers than Luca, why is he at plus one thousand? And they're just in the same contention for a six or five seed, if not even higher. I, I think they actually go even higher, the Warriors, because the amount of disrespect for this team right now, Steph is that team. Like now this is the year where he can go back to twenty sixteen Steph and say, Hey, I did it with, you know, David Lee. I did it mm-hmm. with uh, Andrew Ogit. I did it with all these guys and I still won a title. David so Lee, I don't, I don't, up, I don't need, I don't need KD. I don't, you know, obviously I'd love to be running the backcourt with, with Clay, but he's out too. This is my team and he's going to let people know about it. So when, when we're talking about the top three in terms of value, purely from a betting standpoint, I'd rather take a shot on Steph Curry at plus 850 than any day of the week than I would on Luca because mm-hmm. if the argument that we're making is that Luca leads him to a playoff seed and, you know, he's possibly, you know, dropping triple doubles left and right and he's averaging good numbers. Who's to say that Steph can't do the exact same, if not more? And you're getting him at twice the value there. So It's going to be interesting, and I'm excited to see it. I've, I've come full circle with the Warriors. I thought they were awesome, then I hated them. Now I'm all the way back on board. So I've, I've done the whole the whole life cycle of uh, being a, a fringe fan of, of that team. Their, their basketball is just more fun to watch. I hate watching James Harden. The dude's incredible. I just don't enjoy watching him dribble for 45 seconds. It's not that fun for me. Um, moving on, though, I do agree with you. I think, Steph, there's of those top three, obviously, he has the most value. I mean, you're getting 400 more dollars for your 100. We do have a couple people in the comment section, so keep it coming, chat. We love you all. We appreciate it. CJ and Alejandro, how about LeBron for MVP? So we spoke about it earlier. LeBron is the MVP every year. The one year that you can make the argument he's not would be the first year he was the Laker with the Lakers. But then you're like, wait a second, what did Cleveland do that year? And they went from finals uh, in the finals to what, like literally one of the worst teams in the league. So if that alone doesn't make you the MVP every year, I don't know what does. So unfortunately, I don't think he's winning another MVP. That That's just how it is. But you can, if you're interested, him and Anthony Davis come in at that next slot at plus 900. So you give $100 to the sports book, you win this bet. They come back to you and they give you $1,000. So you're 100 back plus the 900 that you won. You can't take it though. <laughs> like how, how, how can you take that bet? Because we know that they're going to be rested a lot. They're going to kind of just really feel themselves out. They know the only thing that matters is a championship where Steph is that team. As you said, Luca is that team. Giannis is that team. The Lakers can kind of like putz their way through, end up with a two or a three seed. 
do what they need to do in the playoffs, and that's the only thing that matters. LeBron doesn't give a shit anymore. Plus 900 for both of them is kind of weird. How do you feel about it? Uh, I I would be off of that from a betting standpoint. I mean, again, I'm, I'm that that's a place where I would plant my flag and say LeBron is the MVP every single season. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I just I I don't foresee him winning one um, for the remainder of his career because simply of the fact that they're likely to alternate him and AD potentially sitting out back to backs. You know, you're gonna have load management going on, but now they're saying that you know you you can't have a player rest when it's a nationally televised game or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, there are they, they are kind of monitoring it in a little bit of a, a, a bit more of a sense where you know Adam Silver is doing the, the best job out of all the commissioners yeah. in, in my opinion out of any professional league and it's not even close but simply the fact that it's already a shortened season and LeBron is missing time um, that alone you're, you're probably going to have to play almost if not every game to win MVP this season especially since it's it, it's ten it, it's ten games less and just the fact that he shares the court with AD too like. We even saw it in the playoffs, like in, in meaningful games where LeBron drops 20, 10, and 10, and AD just goes nuclear for 40 points and, and 10 rebounds, right? So, like, that's where you could say, man, 20, 10, and 10 is pretty impressive. It is, but that's not what wins you an MVP. When you're seeing Giannis drop over 30, Harden's dropping over 30, Steph this year is going to drop over 30, Luca's probably going to be close to, to, to a Russell Westbrook type of season mm-hmm. where he's averaging, you know, 28 9 and 9 or 28 8 and 8 something like that right so um i I feel like even from a voter standpoint they kind of had that impression where just like lebron doesn't care about the regular season anymore voters kind of had that impression where it's like lebron's already been there done that it's it's everyone else's time now so Mm -hmm. um if if we had that at a much greater price it wouldn't make sense from the from the from the sports books yeah perspective because it's lebron james that's the only explanation that you need is it's lebron james but Plus 900 for me, I'd rather just lose the 50 points and end up going up to Steph Curry there at plus mm-hmm. 850. Exactly. Yeah, just go to the known, hey, it's one dude doing everything that he has to. We actually have a, a question over here. What do you think about Hassan Whiteside? Um, don't answer that, Ghost, because I know it's only mean things. So we we appreciate the question. Mm-hmm. Keep them coming. But I'm not going to allow Ghost to answer that because he's probably going to disappoint you. So uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Um Next in line, before we kind of start hopping around here a little bit, KD at plus twelve hundred. So you give a hundred dollars to the sports book. KD wins the MVP. You win twelve hundred dollars. Now this, for me, is where it starts to get pretty interesting. This is so I personally, I'm not putting a hundred dollar bet on any of these. I want everyone to know that. But these are fun. You put a couple ten dollar bets around, and again, this twelve plus twelve hundred, you put ten bucks on it, you win one hundred and twenty bucks. So that that's start okay. So now you have more money to play some best with. That's where it's fun. This to me is where it starts to get really interesting because KD coming off the Achilles, coming off uh, not caring about you know what anyone says, but like very very clearly caring about what everyone says. Not really seeing him in the public eye for a while. Having Kyrie, who's like whatever, whatever you feel about him, feel about him. I think the dude's a little weird. Whatever, I don't care. I think this is where we can start playing that narrative game that we love so much at Wind Daily Sports. Like he's coming to another conference. He wants to remind everyone, hey guys, if you forgot, like I was in the running for best player on planet Earth for a solid like three years until you know everything kind of went a little haywire. Is this a spot where maybe you want to throw a couple shekels on KD plus twelve hundred? The only thing that would bar me from seeing this happening would be the load management and the rest, and him really not playing nearly enough games. Uh, to make it kind of a real legitimate argument. Yeah. Um, grab, grab this price right now yeah. um, before people <laughs> end up, before people listening. end up seeing what he's doing in the preseason, before they end up listening to the show. Um, I, I don't know if every, anybody watching saw what Katie was doing out there uh, the other night, but in words of our good friend, TPJ hoops and brews, uh, Katie's back. The, he, he looked so damn good out there. And he was just, you know, it was weird to, it, it was almost weird to a point mm-hmm. where you saw a big smile on Katie's face because you, you never see that. It, it, it's almost like, like a lesser extent of Kawhi. Like this guy just go, goes out there and hoops and that's it. Right. And this guy just looked happy to be out there on the court and he was just bawling away. He was already getting to the free throw line. He was attacking. He, he you know, we're, we're, we, we talk about how Steph is, I'm, I'm going to cover my bases again and say, arguably the best shooter of all time. KD can make a conversation to be arguably one of the best scorers of all time. This guy does it all. There's no, there's no way you end up guarding him when he, when he takes his jump shot. He's just so long. So to be able to, 
to get that at plus 1200. And, and like you said, he was in that conversation for, Hey, I'm the best player in the league. Like pe- people were even going like nuts saying like, what if LeBron teams up with KD in the off season? Like that, that, that it, it was to that extent. So to me getting KD at plus 1200 with, you know, j- just like people are saying KD is coming off an injury. It's not like Kyrie is, you know, the model of consistency for yeah. being the healthiest player in the league either. Like you, when, when you talk about taking a shot like that, like, I, again, I, I never wish this upon any player, obviously, like not, not in any professional sport. But if Kyrie were to go down tomorrow, you would see KD hop above Steph. I, I, I would put KD probably around plus 500, plus 600. Mm-hmm. So grab grab that price now because when should that offense not coexist right away, KD's the prized acquisition mm-hmm. there, not Kyrie. Yeah, I don't care yeah, what anyone says. Yeah. Everyone knows that KD is the guy there. They would ship Kyrie off. To, K- to keep KD happy any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So if that offense kind of goes off the rails to the point where, you know, they're they're kind of expected to be dropping 120 plus points a night at this point, but le- let's say they end up dropping 100 or, or just their, their offensive efficiency rating is just not as high as it would like to be, Steve Nash is going to run that offense around KD. So that's where you can end up seeing some vintage KD games. Hmm. Look for them to be kind of timid with him at the beginning of the season, but at plus twelve hundred, I'm taking my shots on a guy like that, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly kind of forgot how friggin' good he was. the The last positive memory I have of Kevin Durant was them being up, the Thunder being up three to one against the Warriors that year. That's like the last positive memory. Everything from then on has pretty much just been, I don't like this guy. He seems like kind of a bitch. Um, and now obviously when you, when you join the Warriors, yeah, when, when you join the Warriors, I mean, I'm not the only person that had that take. Don't worry. And I'm, I'm sure he's a cool dude. I got nothing against him, but like, I haven't wanted to like him. So I kind of have forgot. Cause it's been like four years since I was like, wait a second. I just enjoyed him playing basketball. Cause when he was on the Warriors again, he was with the second and like the seventh best players in the league at the time. And so it's like, all right, like how good are you? So I'm excited to just see him play basketball again with, you know, normal basketball players and not having two of the greatest shooters of all time on either wing to allow him to do whatever the hell he wants. So it's going to be really interesting and I'm excited to see Joel, that. So. Wait till Joel Embiid joins them too. Oh, don't worry. You're, you're coming back. I love it. Um, we're going to get to Joel Embiid actually because I think his odds are pretty interesting too. But KD, I'm excited. I put a check mark. I'm going to put a couple bucks on him. Uh, the next two I want to talk about before we start getting into the real long shots, James Harden, already two-time MVP, right? Plus 2,000. The wow. dude has already won two MVPs. And wow. kind of, there's, while I agree Giannis should have won it last year, there was an argument. There was at least an argument. Now, was it like a super solidified? I don't know. There was an argument James Harden should have won last year. I don't think he should have, but there was. You can get him at plus 2,000, meaning you give $100 to your sports book. You give $10 to your sports book. They'll give you $200 back. If this guy, who is a perennial MVP favorite, can go out there and do what he does, puts up 30-whatever points a night, gets the assist, gets the rebounds, goes to the free throw line. I don't personally like his game, but the dude's incredible. I th- are you going to place your bet right now? Because I see your screen yes. moving out a little yeah. bit. <laughs> You're going yeah. to place your bet right now. Yeah. Plus 2,000. That's insane, right? There's something wrong. That's not, I'm, I'm checking what book it's on because I, I, I was seeing it at... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to make a call because we don't get it in Canada. I'm going to have to make a call for somebody to place that oh, bet for me because... Uh, okay. um, wow. Plus 2,000 James Harden. So... Um, I, th- this one's probably the most intriguing one that, that we've spoken about thus far. Um, you could play it off in two scenarios. He stays in Houston, leads that team to a playoff seed again, probably get bounced in the second round again, but it doesn't matter because when he's out there dropping 40 a night, it doesn't matter. Like getting James Harden at plus 2000, like t- tell me it wouldn't be so 2020 a nice James Harden revenge tour. Oh, after all this drama, Russell Westbrook misses the playoffs in the East. In the East, Ru- yeah, Russ yeah. missed the playoffs. And then James Harden just middle finger to this guy. And this guy just dropping 40 a night. I'm, I'm, I'm like the moment we get off, I'm, I'm making a call to place that bet. I'm <laughs> Don't tell like, us who, though. Don't tell us because, who you called to. Because, because at, at that point, plus 2000, like if, even if he gets traded, like right, right now they're talking Philly, right? I, I think we've been saying this since the beginning, like for what a, a couple months now we've been saying it. Harden to Brooklyn just doesn't, it, it's not a scenario for me to even consider. I, I know that that was kind of gaining traction, but that, that was something that we were off together for months now. And we had mentioned Philly and now that 
Philly's the premier destination. Like, like we'll we'll, we'll kind of ride out that train. If he goes to Philly, they're they're gonna have to give up one of Embiid or Simmons. That's mm-hmm. a fact because yeah. they don't have the assets. Even if they were to, you know, get a third team involved, say like like in a hypothetical trade mm. where they have assets to be able to ship and acquire one of their stars, they don't have the firepower to be able to acquire James Harden on his own. They're gonna have to give up like twenty six first round picks for that to happen. And even then, Houston might not even be that interested because. The first four or five of them are going to be yeah super late twenty five like t- top twenty five or top thirty picks. So if Harden goes to Philly and they give up Simmons or Embiid, he instantly becomes the entire offense there. And now he's playing in a worse in, in, in a weakened Eastern Eastern Conference. Like how how can you not grab James Harden at plus two thousand right now? I'm I'm gonna put in that. Please, bet please write it down. Please write it down. Like like this guy averaged I I think three years ago he dropped. 32 the year before was 30 and i think last year was 34 a game and now you have an angry james harden the one and only thing that can prevent james harden it's not going to brooklyn it's not going to any team the one and only thing is if he gets in trouble off the court and he's missing weeks at a time i'm mm-hmm. not i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say how he gets in, into trouble off the court but everyone knows what i'm talking about right now based on what what he's missing games of right now for that reason if he's missing time like from what I read, it's seven to 10 days with no team activities mm-hmm. whatsoever. If he's missing that many games where it happens, you know, even just even just twice. more than once, if it happens yeah. twice or three times and he's missing possibly 10 games combined, that's where similarly to LeBron, mm-hmm. it's like, can you give someone MVP by playing 62 games in a season? Yeah, that's where it's like, like, like Zion just didn't win rookie of the year. I, I still think Ja was rookie of the year last season. But again, the main argument for Zion not winning was, well, he didn't play enough games. Mm hmm. If that's for a rookie of the year, what do you think they're going to talk about when they're talking yeah. about MVP? Exactly. Like, so if, if James Harden gets into trouble there, that's where I could see where, you know what, you just end up laughing at your bed and you're like, you know what, I, I knew the risk going in, but under no circumstances is it because he's not balling out because whether he's with Houston or with another team, Harden is dropping 30 plus this year. And, exactly. and that, that, that's it, that's not a hot take. It's just what I'm expecting. If he gets moved to Philly, they become... Well, easily, I mean, they already are what one of the four best teams in the East. Let's say if he gets moved to Philly, you take Ben Simmons off that team. Ben Simmons is good. James Harden is significantly, significantly better. You put James Harden there, pair him up with Joel Embiid in this hypothetical situation. They instantly become one of the top two teams in the East, in my opinion. Right? Well, that's three, exactly three, it, right. Like three, when, three. when they're when when people were talking about the Sixers' struggles, it was always. You know, yeah, yes, there were front office issues. Yes, there was, you know, potential coaching issues and this and that. I'm, I'm talking about the guys that take the court every single night. The, the main issue there was that they had no spacing. They had mm-hmm. no shooting. And then you bring in James Harden. Like, I, I don't know, without acquiring Steph Curry, I don't know if there's a better acquisition if you're having shooting and spacing problems. Like, I, I really don't think there's a, there's a better acquisition in the NBA right now. Of, of any superstar, like, let alone guys that are, you know, available or not tradable or completely like on lockdown we're not moving this guy ever i don't think other than steph curry that there's a better acquisition for an nba team to make if they're lacking shooting and spacing yes is he going to go up and dribble the ball for 23 seconds and then hit a step back three yeah i will but it's still more spacing than they've ever had in the past couple years Mm -hmm. right so 100 percent it's gonna it's happen. A, I'm excited. I'm uh now I'm now you got me juiced up because I'm gonna place all these bets when we get off this too. Um and the odds haven't changed yet. So obviously people are not paying attention. Hopefully they do start <laughs> paying attention. Um one of note, we don't have to get too deep into it. Joel Embiid at plus four thousand. He had I, I I the only reason I wrote him down is because I truly believe I hate Philadelphia more than anything on planet Earth. Famine, disease, hate Philadelphia more than it, because that's usually where most famine and disease comes from. But he has the talent. The dude is incredible. There is nobody like him. He just can never put it together. He's either mentally not there or he physically isn't in, in shape or this, that, and the other. I'm not going to put any money on it, but would you agree that Joel Embiid has the talent to be the MVP in the uh, NBA? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. I, I, would I put any, anything on all on that? Probably not. But does he have the raw talent to be able to win an MVP award? Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. He's a guy that could dominate the post. He could dominate the glass on both ends of the court. Pretty much as good as anybody in this league. So um, the issue, I, I feel like the issue with some of these big men is just that it's not a center dominant dominant league yeah. anymore. Like mm-hmm. if, if this was 
you know, in, in, in the eighties or anything like that Joel Embiid would be a perennial MVP candidate mm-hmm. every, every single season. So, but because of, because of the way that the game is adjusting right now, I feel like a guy like with, with an equal amount of talent, just at the guard position on a way worse team, like Trey mm-hmm. Young actually has higher upside to win MVP than Joel Embiid strictly because of each one of the respective games and, and what typically wins an MVP award. Like, like Giannis is a big man. He, he, he's a, he's a pure power forward, but he can drop 30 a night. Mm. And his re like when people think of Giannis, they don't think this guy averages 13 rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they think he leads the best team in the East for two years running. You can't guard him when he's driving to the hoop. It's get out of the way. Like, like ferocious dunking. Like you, you know that, you know the way Giannis plays, but one of the last things that people think of is that this guy averages 13 rebounds and six assists a game. So mm-hmm. because of that, I feel like Joel Embiid kind of lacks that upside. But from a raw talent perspective, absolutely. He, he's, he's arguably the most talented big man in the NBA. I, 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 still, I would still take Nikola Jokic on my team over, over Joel Embiid. But he, he has to be right up there with, 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 with the most talented big man in the league. 100%. And that's why I put him on there, just because it's an interesting one. And now I want to get to our real long shots that I still think... Best. This is the best part. I think these guys have legitimate opportunity, especially if they step up their game in the way they have the last couple of years. So I'm going to go with Donovan Mitchell at plus 8,000 and Jamal Murray at plus 10,000 to win the MVP people. These are long shots for a reason. You put a hundred dollars on this and Jamal Murray wins the MVP and you win $10,000. That's a goddamn good day. That is a good day. People. That's a great day to be alive. It's a good day. It's a good day to be alive. Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, I like, I don't know what, like, I legitimately could see it, right? Like, you could see Jamal Murray winning an MVP. And and maybe, again, it's probably recency bias from that playoff series that they played against each other, which was one of the craziest freaking series I've ever seen in my entire life. It was absolutely fantastic. Mike Connolly shot. I remember it. I'm pretty confident it was in. I'm, like, very confident it still went down. Apparently, it didn't. (laughs) But Jamal Murray plus 10,000. Donovan Mitchell plus 8,000. They both are on huge deals now. Jamal Murray signed his last year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell just signed his this year. So they're, they're locked up. They're good to go. We've, we saw what they were doing in the bubble. Aren't they like the first pair of uh, opposing players to each drop 50 in a game? And then they did it again. Like it, that's just insane. So they have the hype. They have the personality. I do believe that goes into it a little bit with the NBA. In my opinion, talk me out of not putting $5 on each of these guys to win the MVP. Cause like at that point, why the hell not? It, it, especially for when, when we're talking about five or ten dollars and you end up cashing who knows how much at that yeah, point it, bucks, it's an amazing game right so um these are two players that definitely have the raw talent to do so we saw what they did in the bubble right and you know to to make the case for them is that this is the shortest offseason that we've had in nba season in, in, in nba history so are, are are we talking about you know when when players drop 30 40 plus in three games in the same week oh you know they're running hot that week Yes, obviously, I'm, I'm not comparing an offseason to people dropping 40 plus in three games in the same week, but it's still, you know, they, they still have it in them mm-hmm. where it, it it doesn't seem like a distant memory go. Like it, it feels like just just yesterday we were talking about the NBA bubble and now we're already back to the season starting next week. Right. So um, that could be something where these guys could these guys could catch fire early on. Um, if I can make an argument against um, both of them, the one that I would make for Donovan Mitchell is that he's in a small market. Um, so playing for Utah, that's where, you know, it's not the lights in the city of, mm-hmm. you know, a, a New York and LA and Miami, a Brooklyn and anything like that. So I feel like when, when we're talking about external factors where that could kind of sway voters bias, I feel like because he doesn't get the respect that he deserves being in that market. Like if, if you took Donovan Mitchell and put him in one of those main markets, he would be one of the most popular players in the NBA easily by far, ba- based on the way that he plays. Like we, you want to talk about a slasher that can shoot the ball too? Donovan Mitchell is 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 unbelievable. I'm, I'm like the guy's got mad hops, and he could shoot the ball too. Like we we saw it in the bubble, he could drain a three right in somebody's face, no problem. So um, the one thing that's stopping him, I feel like right now, is it's not necessarily anybody around him because it's not like Rudy Gobert is going to dominate offensive touches. It's not like Jordan Clarkson off the bench is going to be you know kind of similarly to what Tyler Hero was, where mm-hmm. he's playing 36 minutes and soaking up all the usage next to Jimmy Butler. It's like, like, no, like that Jordan Clarkson's going to be a great role player off the month of bench. And we actually predicted that, that, that they would do anything to, 
to move guys to be able to resign him. And that's exactly what they did by moving Tony Bradley and, and, and other guys. But the one thing that's stopping him is, is the market that he plays in. For, for Maul, I feel like sharing the court with Jokic is tough. Yeah. Um, and that's just, a for, point where... just for argument's sake, Jokic is at plus 2,000 to win the MVP. So he has significantly better odds. But as yeah. we were talking about before, big man versus guard, unconscious bias, bias conscious bias is going to lean towards the guard in most situations. Like that, that, that just brings me right back to James Harden. How are you yeah, not going to bet James Harden at plus two thousand? Like, so, but um, yeah, like sharing the court with Jokic for Mall is, is tough, and I'm I'm not taking anything away from from his ball performance. We we were out here, we were here for it. I was I, I was saying play this guy every single night. It, like it, especially obviously I got to mention it right now. He's a Canadian. I'm obviously mm. rooting for the guy no matter what team that he's playing for. Being there with the matchups that they had. It was very favorable for him. When Denver saw Utah, you had Gobert up against Jokic. And then they ended up, you know, running up against the Lakers. It's like, like you know, like they, Jokic had tough matchups every single series that they played. Mm-hmm. Whereas Maul kind of had it, I don't want to say on the easy end. It's more on the easier end. Like like when, when they faced the Clippers, we said he's got Kawhi and Paul George in his face all day long. But then Kawhi was switching on to Jokic sometimes too, like... There, there was so many tough matchups for Jokic in the bubble where I feel like that's where Maul really ended up seizing the opportunity and flourishing in, in, in that environment. Can that happen over a 72-game season, though? I, I, I would still take Jokic, even at the lower, like way lower price. Jokic, to me, is, is still makes more sense from a futures betting perspective than Maul does. But when we're talking about 5 or $10, injuries happen in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You never know. Breakouts happen, and, and you want to be there on the right side. You don't want to be when every when when the market's going down, and we're, we're going to talk about that when, when we speak about some some people for rookie of the year. You want to be taking the shots on these guys that are plus six thousand, plus seven thousand. For all you know, so many people end up moving on that line that you could cash it out. Mm-hmm. If if you're really not confident about it, my line moves for on on Jamal Murray I, right now. It's at plus ten thousand. You said something happens to Jokic, not even something serious. He's missing five to ten games. People start betting on Maul. Plus ten thousand for MVP. All of a sudden, you check tomorrow; it's plus seventy five hundred. You just gain twenty five. Like you, you know what I mean? Like from that perspective, that could already be a wise investment because that that's somebody where I could see the line moving a lot. Yeah, and it could be interesting. It's just crazy to me that they're that far down the list. Donovan Mitchell, especially, right? Like Jamal Murray. Yeah, he has Jokic, who's I. I mean, I don't watch enough Nuggets basketball. I'll be very upfront and honest with everybody. But from everything I heard from our, our friend TPJ, obviously, I mean, I hear it on you know ESPN as well. Zach Lowe, I really respect his, uh, what he has to say. Jokic is already the best passing big man to ever exist, apparently. Now, I, those are not my words. Those are words I'm hearing from others. Now, when I watch him play, I think the dude's incredible in what he does. So I could see that taking away from Jamal Murray. But Donovan Mitchell, you're not going to sit here and tell me that Rudy Gobert is taking all that. Exactly money. It, right. So, so for him, it would, it would be purely even the market and in, yeah. in, in the market that he's playing in. Sometimes that, you know, when, when we're talking about little things like that, that, that sway yeah. the votes playing in Utah, it, it's not like, it, it's not like, like when you're talking to the casual fan, obviously me and you watch mm-hmm. Nuggets games, we watch Utah games. We watch like, we, we watch the smaller market teams because of our love for the game. But when you're talking about a casual fan that flips on, tsn espn whatever network that you're watching it on on a friday night you're not going to say hey let me watch a utah jazz basketball game <laughs> yeah that's okay. the issue right like yeah, like yeah. That, that that's the perspective that i'm sharing right now i would watch a utah game any night i love watching donovan mitchell i love watching their system play but that's because of how much we love the game i'm talking about the casual fans on a friday or saturday night you're not going to see utah versus lakers saturday night nba on tnt like that that's not they're, they're going to say it's the battle of LA. They're mm-hmm. going to put Clippers, Lakers, yeah. NBA on TNT. Like they're not going to put Utah versus anyways, you get the point. I, I get the point. I get the point. That's and, the and, one and thing is- that, and, and I wish he was in a big market because the guy's a star and he would be one of the most loved players in the league. If, if, if he was in a bigger market, I will, I will, I will push back a little bit. Giannis is in Milwaukee. So Granted, yes, he's incredible and it's on a different level. I will say with the NBA, though, it does because it is such a star driven league. I think more people are familiar with Donovan Mitchell that are casual NBA fans than people are of Jacob deGrom that are casual MLB fans. Right. And he's in the one of the big. So so I would say that for the casual NBA, 
you know, enjoyer, watcher, um, consumer, Donovan Mitchell, I think, is a little bit more heightened than some stars in other leagues, which that would be the one thing that I would push back on a little bit is when he had that feud with Ben Simmons. That was awesome. A couple years ago with Rookie of the Year, obviously the bubble, I think, really heightened the awareness of what the hell this guy is capable of doing. Um, so I think that would be the one thing. And because we're coming right off the bubble, I think the media is going to pay a little bit more attention because of what he was able to do. And also, now we're getting a little cynical with it. What Rudy Gobert did, I think, is going to put more attention on the Jazz all year long. Like it's just yeah, one of those again. Absolutely. Just went, oh, do you remember what this guy did? Yeah, he was kind of an idiot. So it's just going to bring more attention to the Jazz potentially, and hopefully, again, that's some some good trickle down economics for Donovan Mitchell, and hopefully, my wallet. So you never know. Crazy things that happen. Let's go. Um, all right, let's move on to the Rookie of the Year. We're here with I you. Wanna, for- I, I, I want to ask one more price for MVP. Yeah. One more. Absolutely. Talk Can you get me the price on Jason Tatum? Uh, yes, Jason Tatum's plus 1600. Wow, see that that to me is someone where at plus 16 you get KD at plus 12 or you get James Harden at plus 2000. That's exactly. like the guys at no man's land. I, I was expecting him to be way higher than that. That would have been something that I would have taken a shot, but at plus 1600, I have yeah. zero interest. Yeah, exactly. He he is literally he's tied with Damian Lillard at plus 1600. The player above him is Kevin Durant, the player below him is James Harden. So, yeah, at that point, just take yeah. James Harden, take Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, again, Boston, bigger market, especially for the NBA, one of the biggest. So he's going to get the love. He's going to get the attention. The dude's incredible. He's also splitting time with Jalen Brown. We'll see what happens when Kimba Walker comes back. So not a fan of the Boston Celtics, but I am a big Duke Blue Devils fan. So I am I am a fan of Jason Tatum. That dude is absolutely incredible. So yeah, a little disappointing. That's why I didn't bring him up. I didn't think his odds were nearly as interesting as some of the others. So Let's move on to rookie of the year. I'll shout out the, the the top five that we have. Then we can talk about some real long shots that we like, or just normal long shots. I guess we have Lamelo Ball, Lamelo Ball at plus four hundred. We have Anthony Edwards four fifty. <laughs> Killian Hayes ain't no stopping. Obi Toppin and James Wiseman all tied for sixteen hundred. And Tyrese Halliburton at plus fifteen hundred. Now I know there's a couple guys you want to talk about. Let's start at the top with. Lamelo ball how do you feel about his odds i mean he's the odds on favorite at this point on a team that really has nobody and and half of gordon hayward like i guess he's he's gonna get usage right did you did, did you see his behind the back pass the other i night? did not i did he not. was in okay so he he grabbed his 10th rebound of the night 10th let, let me just put that out there 10th rebound of the night and he's going up there pretty much like borderline full speed i, I don't think he was pushing the pace he wasn't going full speed but he he was pushing that pace no, he's looking to the right. No look behind the back. Hits Miles Bridges full stride for a dunk. Oh, and one. I'll have to look that like up. that to me was like okay. His court vi- like when when we were talking pre-draft, mm-hmm. I said there like there's one thing that you can teach and that's court vision. And there, it was on such display in that game already that I, I like like we hate betting guys that are favorites right away. Mm-hmm. We don't want to bet Bryson DeChambeau to win the Masters. We don't want to bet you know. Luka Doncic at plus 400 when we could even just get Giannis at plus 450. This is a guy that I, I'd be willing to put money on as a favorite. When when he starts, not if, wait, he needs to start, first of all. And I, and I know TPJ sh- sh- shares the same opinion as I do on this one. He needs to start alongside Devontae Graham. And when he does, that offense will be so much better. And I think that the usage will be there for him to get the stats that you need to be able to be rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, we... You said it. I looked it up. I like. I haven't. I, I'm excited to see that behind the back pass now. But that's literally what everyone said. Is his court vision is is second to none. Like it is already better than most NBA players, which you usually don't see. Now, unfortunately, he didn't get to go to a school like Duke or Kentucky where we saw him on ESPN every other night. Right? He went to Lithuania and Australia, and his dad's an asshole. So none of that really <laughs> helped us out to wanting to say, yeah, I'm excited for this kid. So it is a little disappointing. Um, I know. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, you've been talking about him, you know, since, since our pre-graph coverage, our draft coverage. And now, and now you and I have just had side conversations about how excited you are for him. Plus 1500. What is it about Halliburton that you're really enjoying that potentially put a couple bucks on him there? So one, one or two things are going to happen before the trade deadline, or at least I, I would think for, for the Sacramento Kings, buddy healed either gets traded or Luke Walton gets fired. Um, it, it, it's gotta be one of the two because that team just that, like that, that relationship between the two of them is, is affecting the entire locker room. It's affecting the way that they play. 
the one thing stopping Tyrese Halliburton from having a breakout season is De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald blocking him in that backcourt mm-hmm. because he has the raw talent. To, I, I thought he was a consensus top five pick. I think he's a he, he's a he, he's a consensus top five player in this entire draft. Slipping all the way to twelve, he could have landed in a, in a better situation. Like if, if he was getting handed the reins to an offense, even though it's the Pistons, like to what Killian Hayes is getting. Just the fact that he was getting handed the reins to an NBA offense mm-hmm. straight out of the gate, that's where the price would be so much better for me. But because he's stuck behind De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, that's where I have a slight issue with it. But I, I really think either Buddy Heald gets moved, Luke Walton gets fired, or maybe even both. Because that team just, it doesn't work right now. And I, I would love to see Tyrese Halliburton running to off-ball with De'Aaron Fox on the same that that backcourt would be so fast it would be so fast. It, it would be arguably the most fun thing to watch and, and and like when we're talking about smaller market teams like we're talking about Utah we're talking about mm-hmm. Sacramento we're watching talking about all these guys and how fun it is to watch Donovan Mitchell a backcourt of De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton would be so fun to watch zoom so I'm zoom, I'm, I'm rooting for it I'm, I'm hoping he gets the chance that he that he gets but again when we're talking about value and grabbing a guy at plus 1500 when everyone's going on you know they're they're betting on Lamelo. They're betting on possibly Anthony Edwards. They're betting on James Wiseman. They're they're betting on Obi Toppin. And we we know it's you New York fans that are betting on Obi Toppin. But you know that, that's Toppin, where oh my god, there's plenty of stop in Obi Toppin. Anyways, but that that's where you want to talk about a value in a rookie of the year draft class. That's where there's there's value, and you know not a lot of people are j- just that in general. This has nothing to do with Tyrese Halliburton. A lot of people stick to you know, top five picks mm-hmm. it, it outside of Malkin Brogdon. I, I believe it was, don't, don't quote me on it, but I'm, I'm 99% sure it was 2017 when Malcolm Brogdon won rookie of the year. It's always been a number one pick or a number two, maybe a number three. I know a couple of years there's been a number 10 a number 11, something like that. But for the large majority of the past decade, it's all, it, it's always been a top three pick that ends up winning rookie of the year. So not a lot of people end up looking like a guy like uh, at a guy like Tyrese Halle Burton, who has slipped to number twelve. But he's a top five talent in this draft by far. He he should not have slipped past five, let alone past seven at, at Detroit. I was shocked that they took Killian Hayes over him. Well, you gotta love it, which means it makes our odds better. Which means if we put more money on it, we win more money, which we're always Absolutely. always excited to do. And as you said, those odds are going to change when and if Luke Walton gets fired or Buddy Heald does get moved because it, they're going to play them together. Him and, and Fox, they're going to see what they're capable of, as you already have have laid out. Hey, man, we're here to have fun. You're the kings. You're not doing anything. At least give us some excitement. If you give excitement, you make more money and they will realize that, I think. I think they're, uh, you know, they need to make money, too. So shout out. Shout out to Sacramento Kings. A couple more guys. Patrick Williams, plus 2,200. Okongwu at plus 2,500. And Cole Anthony at plus 3,000. Talk to me about these guys. A little bit more of long shots. Um, kind of a little bit further down in the draft, obviously. There's, as you said, it's usually a top three pick. So it's difficult to see one of these guys really making that big of a splash. But what is it about their situations that you like to, again, lead to more usage. And if you can show you're capable, then you have that opportunity to end up winning rookie of the year. So for, first one you had to mention was Patrick Williams, right? Plus 2200. Uh, 2, mm-hmm. That for me is, you know, with, with Wendell Carter Jr. there and Laurie Markkinen, that is a prime spot for somebody that if one of them or both of them goes down, which has happened, it, it seems like every single year for the past five years, that'll be a, a plus 1000 bet. Because if he's starting, he could dominate the glass. Mm-hmm. The key thing there is that you're you're betting on that as a long shot. He has the raw talent. You need, it, it, especially out of the two, you need Laurie Marketing to go down to be able to grab that. Plus, mm-hmm. with Zach Levine soaking up all the usage on that team, he's, Zach Levine's still going to be Zach Levine this year. Kobe White's going to have a breakout season. But that's exactly why I like it. It is it, because he's going to be playing on a rejuvenated Bulls team. Mm-hmm. That's why I like it. So sitting there at plus 2,200, he was the number four overall pick in the draft. It, it was a bit of a reach in my opinion, but they already have their backcourt set on Kobe White and, and Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. So that that to me is where that's a perfect example where you're drafting for upside and you're drafting based on you know positional eligibility and, and what guys are comfortable playing with. If, 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 if marketing goes down, I really like what Patrick Williams could do at, at, at plus 2,200, especially with the way that this offense is, is going to look this season. I like it. 
Okay. All right. So that makes sense. A little bit more, and that may be why the bed is a little bit more of a long shot because you're gonna. He's a little bit more blocked, and not quite yeah. as blocked as um, as Tyrese Halliburton is because I can very much see Buddy Heel getting traded and Luke Walton getting fired. I don't Absolutely. think that's really much of a long shot there. Uh, let's talk about Okongwu a little bit. Plus twenty five hundred. What is it about his situation that you like? So th- this one very similar. Um, obviously, Clint Capella is there. Um, people tend to forget that Clint Capella is actually on the yeah. Atlanta Hawks roster. I think that um, happened a lot in of February, people. right, of this year. Yeah. So it's going to be 10 months from getting traded. Because yeah. I think I was actually in studio on SiriusXM with Jason, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, the Wind Daily Show. I was on, I think I was there the day that he got traded. He got traded like an hour before we went on air. So we got to talk about that a little bit. But yeah. Haven't seen him play since. <laughs> no, that, that's exactly it, right? And you know what? He he he's looked good in in preseason ball. He he's looked like you know a, a pick and roll with Trey Young. Pretty much anybody that can run a proper screen, you're you're gonna look good when he's lobbing it up to you and he's not megging people left and right. It, it, it's preseason ball. This guy's not megging Nikola you, you, uh, Vucevic already. Like, my God, it's I I, I don't know. I, I can't wait to watch Trey Young this season. But um, if they if they see that Clint Capella doesn't work in that offense they don't have a natural five to be able to get there. Um, Ogongu is, is by no means a natural five, but if they end up slotting in John Collins up there and then he ends up playing a little bit of forward, possibly coming in for Daniel Gallinari, depending on what they want to do for him. Like, you know, if they want him off the bench or if they want him starting anything like that, that that's where the opportunity could see. So it's a very similar situation to Patrick Williams in the sense that you would need Clint Capella to get traded, but sitting there, you, you said it was at plus 2,500. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing plus 2,500, yep. He has the raw talent to be able to win Rookie of the Year, especially with this draft class. This is not one of the strongest draft classes that we've seen in recent years. So, um, And you never know what's, what's going to happen with Clint Capella. This guy hasn't, like, everyone's talking about John Wall's injury. People are talking about Boogie. People are talking about KD. I, I understand it's not, he's not in the same, you know, type of conversation. Mm-hmm. Clint Capella hasn't hooped in almost a full year now. So that's yeah. where, you know what? In, injuries happen. Cardio issues happen. Uh, you know, like anything like that, that's where a young buck playing the five or, or the four in, in a high-flying offense like that, Atlanta's probably going to be the not leading the league in pace this year. Meaning that, like, if, if I could simplify that, it's that they're going to run the most amount of offensive possessions. And when you see guys pushing the, the pace in transition and they're running up the court, that's where a guy like Ogunku can uh, can really fit in. So if they end up going a bit smaller with him and John Collins. I, I like that shot at plus 2,500. It should be a lot of fun. Um, last one, Cole Anthony. So you're talking about Kobe White. So another UNC point guard, son Absolutely. of Greg Anthony. So a little bit of namesake there. It doesn't hurt. Why? Uh, I mean, I watched him at, at UNC, as I said, Duke fan. So I, I watched him a lot. You keep your enemies close uh, kind of thing. I think he's good, but I didn't think he was like that good. And that UNC team was terrible. And I, I think he was part of the problem. So what is it about Cole Anthony at plus 3,000 that you're like, all right, I could put a couple bucks on that? So I, I actually grabbed this at plus 6,000 when oh, it came out wow. after the drop. The, the day oh, after the drop, right. the day after the draft, it, it came out and it was at plus 6,000. So I'm already liking the direction that this is going because yes. I'm, 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 I'm high on this kid. So the, the main reason is that I like to look at athletes' bigger scope of work. I don't like to look at their most recent thing because in that case, you would say, you know, you, you, you would say, who is Steph Curry? He hasn't played in a year. Like you, you can't just look at most recent things. You have to look at their whole uh, school of work and their and their whole time, right? So yeah, but the kid's like nineteen years old. So like, but that's exactly it. So when you're looking at this kid coming out of uh, like even when he was younger, he was the consensus number one prospect in the entire nation. Like everybody knew who Cole Anthony knew. Uh, everyone knew who Cole Anthony was. Similarly, how everyone knew who Michael Porter Jr. was. He slipped to fifteen in the draft. Cole Anthony slipped to fifteen in the draft. You see what Michael Porter Jr. did in the bubble. And he has that raw talent. And now people are talking about Michael Porter Jr. being most improved player, a most improved player candidate for that award. Who's to say that Cole Anthony doesn't come out there, chip on his shoulder, and he comes out there just to hoop and just ball out. And then on top of that, DJ Augustine's gone. So that, mm-hmm. that's a big relief for, for him in Orlando, right? And then the guy playing above him is somebody that got drafted number one overall that's been labeled a bust his entire career. And Mark Fultz. Oh, so who's to say that Mark I, I, I like Mark Elfold. I, I think that he will have a reliable NBA career as he as he goes, who knows how many more years. I think he will be a reliable contributor. Cole Anthony can take over this offense. 
That's all I'm going to say. Because it's not going to be Michael Carter Williams. That ship has sailed. You want to talk oh, about another bust? Another that ship has sailed. Dude, one a rookie of the year though. Michael Carter Williams. Yeah, we all took, why, why are you backing him up? He came from Philly. Why are you backing I'm him kidding. up? I'm kidding. That's just funny. I know. That's why I it's know. funny. He came from um, Philly. But yeah, so. right. So like that. That's another guy where my M- MCW does not threaten Cole Anthony, in my opinion, at all. And who's to say that they don't prefer a guy like Marco Fultz coming off the bench? Who do they have coming off the bench right now? They don't have anyone come off the bench. I have literally no idea. I don't. I have not looked at the magic. Like, like last season, I'd, I'd, as much as you know, I don't even want to say that you you like people can make fun of DJ Augustine. Yeah, he's not he's not the sexiest name to pick in. And when we're talking about DFS or FanDuel, DraftKings, etc., and we're we're not talking about hey, I want to start a roster. Give me DJ Augustine. Like, but he was that similar role to what Sean Livingston was for the mm-hmm. Warriors during that time, right? So he's a guy that came off the bench. He could score, play good D, and he was reliable. And and he played twenty two to twenty five minutes. Those are gone. Someone's got to pick up the slack. They're not going to play Markel Fultz 36 minutes a night. So the fact that he has that opportunity in an offense where there are some reliable pieces around him in Evan Fournier, in Nikola Vucevic, John, I'm, I'm hoping, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Jonathan Isaac. I, I don't think it's it's going to happen this season, but you never know. Never, never rule somebody, right? You never know. But they have other guys, Aaron Gordon's still there. Like they, they have reliable pieces in that Orlando offense where, he doesn't have to be a guy that's dropping 22 a night. Mm-hmm. He can be reliable, dish the rock out, not cause too many turnovers. And he and again, when we're talking about a team in the East, Orlando made that eight seed last season. The East is god-awful when, when you get past the top six. So that's where if they sneak into the playoffs, you could say, hey, this guy, stats aside, I'm not like mm-hmm. if he averages six points a game, okay, then it's like, okay, you yeah. can't really give rookie either somebody averaging six points a game. But if he's in that, you know, double-digit range where it's not like Okay, he's not Ja averaging twenty plus eight assists, leading Memphis to to a like to to, to a playing round. Like, yes, okay, he's not going to be to that extent, but it's a guy that's playing twenty two to twenty four minutes a night on an NBA playoff team, and he's averaging ten plus. Not much more. Not to me, that, that to me makes an argument. I got it at plus six thousand, plus three thousand. I don't know. It, it it's still. It's a bit of a reach, but again, when we're talking about this value, you, you have to look outside of the top three because mm-hmm. the award is so dominant on top three. Like like in 2017, you wouldn't have said Malcolm Brogdon's going to win MVP as a second round pick. You wouldn't have yeah. said that, right? So I wouldn't have said no. Nobody would have, nobody would have predicted that in the sense that Malcolm Brogdon won. So you never know what happens. I, I like this spot here. It is the NBA. And yeah, you're right. It's, so as we were saying for MVP, it's best player on best team, essentially. For rookie of the year, it's were you a big contributor to a team that wasn't supposed to make the playoffs and did? Hell yeah, man. Great job. Good for you. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of what it is, right? That's why, you know, we saw what Zion did when he came back. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But as you said, he didn't play any games, so you can't really give it to him. Ja did what he did. That was fantastic. Uh, helping the the Grizzlies get to where they got to. So that's essentially it. Like if you can be a big enough contributor, put up some statistics and help lead a team that's not really supposed to get to the playoffs, at least into the conversation, I think that's where you're going to make uh, a lot of headway for rookie of the year. That's exactly why I like Isaac Okoro too. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that we haven't really spoken about either. Just a quick mention to, to Okoro out in Cleveland. If they blow things up where they end up shipping Kevin Love out of town, you know, Matthew Delavadova is, is there. Yes, but Deli. that's a guy that's, that's a guy that's prime candidate. You're a contender. You need a backup point guard. You need, you need someone like a la Patrick Beverly for, for playoffs to play. 15, 20 minutes, and we saw what he did not too long ago when they when they played the Warriors. He was a he, he was a good piece to, to their championship run, whether I like to say it or not. Like it, it doesn't matter whether these guys are, you know, finesse players or not. These are guys that people want on their team. And it, I understand if you're not a Clippers fan, you you hate Patrick Beverly, but that's a guy that you would take yep. on your team. You would if, if you against them. If you need a backup point guard for the playoffs, you're taking Patrick Beverly. You're taking Matthew Delvado on your team, right? So if they if they end up shipping guys out of town like that, Chetty Osman has some trade value. Larry Nance Jr. is still young, but you know what? What if they say we don't need Larry Nance Jr. anymore? You know what I mean? Like we we don't need this guy. Like the, the the team is not going in the direction that we want. Maybe they end up keeping Andre Drummond. Maybe they ship him out too. There, there's plenty of minutes to be had there, especially on the wing. I think Darius Garland's going to be an act uh, an afterthought in Cleveland. I think that this is really going to become Colin Sexton and Isaac Okoro's team. With, with with Kevin Porter Jr. coming off the bench, so another long shot out there in the East. Are the Cavs going to make the playoffs? That that would be a hard no for me. That, that very very hard to to see a rookie of the year, you know, potentially be on a 15th seed. But 
when you talk about a guy that, that's going to be playing some severe minutes, I could really see Isaac Okoro playing a, a, a boatload of minutes next to Colin Sexton. And Colin Sexton is an up-and-coming player in this league. So he, you want to talk about a guy that pushes the pace? He plays virtually the same style as the Aaron Fox. And I love the Aaron Fox. So, and so <laughs> yeah. facto, do I love go. Colin Sexton. Do, do you love De'Aaron Fox? I've heard that once or twice. Well, thank you to Ghostman. Thank you to everybody. Thank you for the chat, for hanging out with us. That is our breakdown of the MVP and Rookie of the Year odds. Make sure to follow us at Daily Sports on Twitter. Follow Ghost at DFS underscore Ghost. Follow me at Michael Rizzo one If you want to come hang out, talk more NBA, talk more NBA betting with us, go to WindDailySports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in our expert Discord chat, which is an instant messenger chat where we talk about sports and help you win money. So it doesn't get any easier than that. And we also have a very, very special, fantastic offer for the NBA season. Everything on Win Daily Sports for the entire NBA season for 150 bucks. So you're saving yourself like 70 to $80 for those few months if you just sign up all at once. So we want people to know about it. So make sure to come and hang out for our NBA season pass. We're here to make you guys a lot of money. And hopefully just betting on like KD or James Harden is going to make you enough money that you have nothing to worry about nothing to worry about maybe even donovan mitchell i don't know i'm gonna put a couple bucks on donovan mitchell jamal murray plus ten thousand. i'm in i'll <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll throw a 20 on it you canadians you. you gotta stick together and i respect the hell out of it ghost man i already said it but where can everybody find you on the internet at dfs underscore ghost over on twitter and of course wind daily discord all day every day we're out there all day every day you can find me on michael Zeal one one more time wind sports.com backslash chat seven free days in our expert discord chat will help you make a lot of money in sports for ghost man for the Wind Daily Sports family, for myself, we all hope you make it a very profitable NBA season.